0: name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This is the second Sunday of Kayak, and as we approach uh, the beginning of the greatest story of all time, the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, today's reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke relates to the Annunciation to St. Mary about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The story of Nativity is, of course, the story of our salvation, the story of our redemption and renewal. To humanity as a whole, but also more importantly, to us as a, on a very personal level as well. Saint Luke's Gospel um, is the most gives the most detailed account of the story of Nativity, and as we've been saying, likely through um, some interview with Saint Mary herself, who was of course there during all the time. And we read on the pa- this passage on various parts throughout the church calendar. Uh, the second Sunday of Kayak, which is today, also on the feast of the Annunciation around April, the beginning of April. And uh, we read it also on the 29th of every Coptic month where we commemorate the uh, three major feasts of the Annunciation, Nativity, and Resurrection. So, and as we mentioned last week, all of the four Sunday readings during the Nativity Fast are uh, from the Gospel of St. Luke. So the 80 verses of the first chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke is broken up into four parts. Last week we read about the Annunciation of St. John the Baptist to Zacharias. Um, today we read about the Annunciation of our Lord to St. Mary. Next week we'll read about the birth of St. John, uh, I'm sorry, the visit with St. Mary and Elizabeth. And then the fourth week we'll read about the birth of St. John the Baptist. And finally from the Gospel of St. Matthew, we will turn to the actual birth of our Lord on January 7th. The Archangel Gabriel's message today and in, in the story that we just read was announcing the good news of our salvation. This is the beginning. This is when the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ united with our fallen humanity to renew it, to recreate it, to restore it to what it was before, even better than what it was before in paradise. Our Lord wants us to live in this joyful message throughout the year. You know, the story of Christmas is, of course, a very joyful message. We've learned that since I was a little kid, since we were little kids, right? But it's not on the commercial side of joy. It's on the real joy, which is the joy of our redemption and the joy of our unity with God. Um, And our Lord wants us to live in this joy year round, not just during Christmas. When angel when the angel appeared to the shepherds, for example, he told them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is to all people. And our Lord says, I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And Saint Paul says through the Holy Spirit in First Thessalonians chapter five, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God will of Christ Jesus for you. This is his will for you that you live in this joy. The Annunciation is the beginning of this joy because it's the beginning of the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, uniting with our fallen humanity, restoring us. Through this unity, God remakes and restores humanity. On this day, the grace of God and the hope of the unseen shine through all the wonders transcending our imagination it is beyond our imagination what's happening and what we read about today and he made this mystery that was kept hidden from the beginning of the old testament era he made it revealed in a very plain manner in the dialogue between saint mary and the archangel gabriel and thank god for this dialogue in the gospel of saint luke because from this dialogue we learn many great wonders and many great mysteries. St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, who lived in the 3rd century, so in the 200s, he says, it is our duty to present to God like sacrifices, all festivals and hymnal celebrations, and first of all, the Annunciation to the Holy Mother of God. So even in the 2nd century they had, or 3rd century they had these festivals and these feasts in a, a church calendar. In today's marvelous dialogue between Archangel Gabriel and St. Mary, we see that St. Mary had three simple responses. And at the end of these three responses, after we review them, we'll compare St. Mary to Eve, who also had a visit from an angel, but a very different angel, and a very different uh, response, and very different consequences. But these three responses, only three simple responses to this great mystery that was revealed to St. Mary, all she had, were three simple responses but these three were very profound so let's go through them really quickly first Archangel Gabriel spoke to her saying rejoice highly favored one the Lord is with you blessed are you among women what a great blessing what a great honor that the Archangel Gabriel gives to Saint Mary St. Mary is honored by angels, by people, by prophets in the Old Testament. And also she says prophetically, which is true even in this church, that we will call her blessed for all generations. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. She was troubled at what the archangel said and sought to know more. What's interesting is that she wasn't troubled at seeing the archangel. You know, like that archangel appeared to her. She wasn't troubled at that, like Zacharias was that we read last week. He was afraid that the archangel appeared while he was offering incense in the temple. But she wasn't, uh, you know, like surprised. She wasn't afraid of that. She seemed to even recognize him. The archangel didn't say who he was, as he did with Zacharias, which we read about last week. And of course, this strongly hints that St. Mary often saw the angels before this event. But she was troubled at the greeting itself. She was troubled at the content of the message that Archangel Gabriel gave to her. She intently focused at the greeting that Archangel Gabriel gave to her and sought to learn more from him. She wanted to know more and to better understand what was going on because this was, of course, unprecedented. The message was in her ears, but she was silent with a troubled heart. She was probably troubled as the, as the Bible read today for two reasons. Why was she troubled at the content of what was said? First, I would say because of her humility. She was uncomfortable that the Archangel Gabriel would praise her, right? But the great Archangel Gabriel comes and praises St. Mary. Um, and this is, you know, we see this. This is true for all the saints we read about in the Old Testament and the saints that live in the church today as well. When they're offered with praise, they immediately have some defense mechanisms that pop up, right? They're not comfortable with that. They recoil from it as if it's something toxic. They remember their own weaknesses and shortcomings. They reject praise as something distasteful, that they're not comfortable with it, something foreign. They remember that with God, they can do nothing. They've learned that pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. So when they're praised, these internal alarm bells go off. And they set up defenses and they're on high alert because they don't want to fall into the temptation of pride. We see this in the lives of all the saints in scripture and in in the church fathers and mothers that we read about. Uh, For example, we read that St. Paul and Barnabas, when they healed the crippled man, the pagans were about to worship worship them and they were extremely uh, troubled by this. They tore their clothes something that people back then did when they were troubled. They tore their clothes and uh, they had a deep sense of a troubled heart and a a spirit of urgency to stop what they were doing. Immediately they yelled out, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men like you with passions like you. The second reason why St. Mary was probably troubled besides her humility was that she wanted to know more. She wanted to seek discernment of what was happening. And of course, this is another sign of the saints that they want to seek understanding. You know, Christianity is a thinking person's religion. We want to understand. But in all of this troubled heart, she kept silent. And the great archangel perceived that she was troubled and said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever And his kingdom. There will be no end. Then the second response came. Then Mary said, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She engages in a faithful dialogue, unlike the dialogue last week where uh, where Zacharias um like put limits on God because of their old age. St. Mary here does not put any limits on what God can do, but she does seek discernment. Um, She engages in this dialogue with the Archangel Gabriel because the Archangel had a mission from heaven, from God himself. I love the commentary of St. Jacob of Saru who wrote uh, something about this, uh, that she inquired, she sought, she investigated, she learned, and then she kept silent. She seeks discernment and understanding regarding this miraculous birth that has never happened before. Something like this has never happened before. Once understood, she then was silent. She treasured these things in her heart. Mm -hmm. St. Mary is a wonderful example for us to dive deep into the understand, the facts of our faith. Because our faith is a faith of facts. It's not a made-up fantasy. It's not a made-up like uh, a Disney movie or something. It is real. Our church and our faith is a church and faith of facts, historical facts. And so she wanted to understand these facts in a deeper manner. And we have no problems giving our effort and time. We see it all the time when we give our effort and time uh, and our full mental devotion to understand things of this world, our careers, our hobbies, uh, even sports uh, activities. we you know Our children can sometimes name all the athletes, but they can't name the prophets of the Old Testament or the apostles in the New Testament. Our faith deserves nothing less than our full mental devotion because it is not a man-made simple fantasy, but it has heavenly facts and has transpired in our natural world that we live in. And this deserves our attention. And at the same time, of laboring to discern, we must ask for this gift of discernment from God. This gift of discernment is a a very precious gift. Our desert fathers often said that this was one of the greatest gifts that we can receive, the gift of discernment, the gift of understanding. Saint Anthony said, those who have a rational soul and can discern what is good and what is evil and avoid what is evil and harmful to the soul, but zealously keep with the aid of practice what is good and beneficial to the soul, and do this with many thanks to God. These alone shall be called truly rational men. We should always pray that we may receive the gift of discerning spirits." As St. Mary here is our example to dive into the divine mysteries to know God in greater depth, to understand the church history, to understand our theology, to understand scriptures, to dive deep into scriptures and to understand uh, how do we get closer to God and to put all these, of course, in practice in our life. This is what we're called to do. It was for her benefit that she asked all these questions, but also for ours because she asked for an explanation on, all these, on how these things will be. And from these explanations from the Archangel Gabriel, we received a lot of benefit by her discernment. She learned, and now we also learn the truth from the angel because the angel says the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the holy one which who is to be born will be called the son of god now indeed elizabeth your relative also has conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month of her for her who is called barren for with god nothing will be impossible so thank god for our blessed mother saint mary uh, in her dialogue with the Archangel Gabriel, because we benefit a lot, as Saint Jacob of Sarug says, by her questions to Gabriel, the world was taught the mystery which was concealed. For she had not asked him how it would be, but w- but we would not have learned the explanation of the matter of the nativity of the Son. The beauty of the nativity which appeared openly is because of her. She was the reason that it was explained to us by the angel. By that question St. Mary became the mouth of the church. She learned that interpretation for all creation. So we benefit tremendously from this this dialogue from the Archangel Gabriel and St. Mary. And again remember we're going to compare her to Eve at the end of this. The third response that St. Mary gave and her final response she said behold the maidservant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word this was her third and final response for sure the Archangel Gabriel spoke more than what she did in this dialogue I'm sure the Archangel Gabriel returned to heaven amazed and rejoicing at the virtues and uh, and the strength of Saint Mary she was discerning she was courageous she was faithful obedient and content but her silence is the loudest because of these three very simple responses. This is the quality you'll find also among the saints. They listen more than they speak. The saints are never the loudest people in the room. The loudest people in the room are usually the prideful. They want to show off. They want attention. The saints are the quietest people in the room. They listen. They observe more than they talk. They only speak when they need to. And because of this, their words, when they do speak, have great meaning. St. Mary only spoke three phrases, and they have great depth. It was through her consenting words, though, that the story began, and everything was dependent on her consenting to the Incarnation. It reminds me of how Christ healed the paralytic man by the pool of Bethsaida. Christ asked him if he wants to be made well, and waited for his affirmation before he healed him. God also seeks from us the same thing. He seeks approval for our salvation. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to have God born in your hearts? He wants our consent. He never infringes of course on the free will that he gave us. The ones who answer yes are those who acknowledge their sicknesses and need the presence of their creator in their lives. So the first step is to ask what diseases do we have? What need do we have for God? Not just the physical one, of course, but more importantly, the spiritual reasons and the eternal reasons, the type of diseases that limit us from knowing God and may even impact our eternal salvation. Those habitual sins that have invaded our personality and become part of who we are. Um, we have to recognize what those are and ask God in humility to help us. If Christ asks us, do you want healing of our body? Most would say, sure, of course. but we have to ask ourselves, if Christ asks us to be healed of our spiritual diseases or freedom from the sins that we're practicing every day, would we so readily invite him for this kind of healing? Or as in the case of St. Mary today, if Christ wants to use you for the salvation of others, for some sort of service, for some benefit towards others, will we say, behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, even though it may, Cause me some discomfort, even though it may be out of my way. It may not be comfortable. It may not be convenient for me to serve or give of my time or resources, but God will ask you to be like St. Mary this day. And we have to say with those same words as St. Mary said, behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And as we know, of course, St. Mary, because of this consent suffered tremendously, but because of her consent, the world, receive salvation. Christ asks us every day do you want to be healed? Do you want my presence in your life? Do you want me to be born in your hearts? Do you want eternal life? Do you want me to work with you to bring others to the source of life? Mentally we say of course I'll say yes, but let's say uh, let's say yes and affirm this every day practically in our life. Saint Mary on behalf of all of humanity said yes but we also must say yes and mean it every day as we walk with the Lord. The greatness and holiness of Saint Mary is beyond words. So now let's compare her with Eve. The story of the Nativity, as we said, is the beginning of the fulfillment of God's economy or plan for our salvation that would reverse the corruption of the world that began with Adam and Eve. And as we previously noted many times, the Lord is called the second Adam, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And it's very fascinating too that there is a very striking comparison between Eve and St. Mary at the Annunciation, who is called the second Eve. Both were approached by angels, both received promises, both acted differently though. And this striking resemblance and contrast between the encounter of the Archangel Gabriel with Mary and that of the fallen angel, Satan, with Eve. And many fathers, of course, speak about this. An angel came to both Eve and Saint Mary, one evil, one fallen, one dark angel, and the other a great and good angel, Archangel Gabriel. So Satan came to Eve to deceive her. He came with lies. He said, you will be like God if you sin against God. The lie was that she was already like God because God created her in his image, right? So she already had what the devil promised her. In fact, it was a deception. She lost that divine image when she sinned. Gabriel came to Mary to reveal heavenly truths. And these truths resulted in, of course, salvation. The serpent or the devil brought confusion. He brought death with his deception. Gabriel brought news of eternal life and helped Mary to understand and took away confusion. Eve was not saluted or greeted like Archangel Gabriel greeted Saint Mary saying, Hail to you, O full of grace. The Lord is with you. The devil, though, when he approached Eve, did not greet her with honor because Satan, of course, hates humanity. He hated Eve. Eve did not question anything, remarkably, she didn't question anything that the devil said to her. When the devil came to her with deceptions, she believed it outright, without using her God-given gift of rational thinking. That was part of the divine image that she did not use. She didn't ask how she will become a goddess, because that's what the Satan promised her. You will become like God if you sin against God. And she took it without any questions. She didn't say, how will I become a God, like God, by sinning against God, who created me in his image? On the contrary, though, as we read, as we talked about, St. Mary humbly asked for an explanation of the wonderful things that Gabriel was now telling to her and questioned how these things would transpire. And the archangel Gabriel told her that her son is the son of God because he will be conceived in the Holy Spirit. As soon as Eve heard that she will be like God by sinning she immediately believed it and she um, consented to eating from the tree afterwards though St. Mary she consented and made it possible for mankind to become like God and they were um, before the fall of Adam and Eve so we see the contrast in obedience so here St. Mary obeyed God and consented to following God's will, even though of course it was something marvelous. Eve, she disobeyed God. And because of her disobedience, death came into the world. Because of St. Mary's obedience, life came into the world, eternal life. Eve's silence came um, with guilt and the corruption of the human nature. Humanity became guilty and The human nature became corrupted but by Mary's discourse life and uh, humanity was once again restored and and had life restored to it and uh, humanity received victory not death and defeat but victory and eternal life and the renewal of the human nature. Eve's believing the lie and the liar consenting to disobey God caused sin to be cast into humanity and we were kicked out of paradise. But St. Mary believing the angel and consenting to God's will brought humanity back into paradise. So a very beautiful comparison between Eve, our first mother, and our second mother, St. Mary, the second Eve. Eve, the mother of the human race, believed a lie from the dark angel Satan. He told her that if she sinned, she would be like God. That was the lie. And by the way, we're faced with that lie every single day of our life when we go into the world. She accepted this lie without questioning and Satan's contradiction to her creator. So uh, this was uh, something extremely different than Saint Mary. Saint Mary, on the other hand, our second Eve faithfully dialogue with Archangel Gabriel received an even more and remarkable promise because the promise of satan was you'd be like god if you sin against him saint mary received the promise that she would not only be like god but actually bear god inside of her and after discerning the truth through questions and dialogue she accepted the words of the archangel gabriel St. Jacob of Zuruch continues by saying that the image of St. Mary's beauty is more glorious and exalted than my composition. I do not dare let my mind depict the form of her image. It is easier to depict the sun with its light and its heat than to tell the story of St. Mary in its splendor. She is like a beautiful cathedral with Christ inside decorated with the ornaments of virtue. When we look at this comparison between Eve and St. Mary, our second Eve, Where do we find ourselves? Where do we find ourselves in this comparison? With Eve, are we more like Eve, or are we more like St. Mary? Probably both at different points in our lives. We need to, of course, be more like the second Eve, uh, our our Holy Mother St. Mary. So may we all be like St. Mary, showing such beautiful virtues, hearing God's words, believing in them, treasuring them in our hearts, and living through them daily, to the glory of God forever, amen.